0: I'm Chris from all things good and nerdy, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two,
1: one. Welcome to the real world. And episode number 158 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we talk about how to handle all that negativity.
0: In this week's Better Podcasting download, we sing some la-la-la-la-la
1: popular music. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we run down all the awesome podcast chatter that happened in our Discord server this past week.
0: Lauren, start the show now, or else I have to transcribe you and put you in the Discord server.
2: Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer.
0: This is episode 158 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and of course, I have Stargate Pioneer with me today.
1: It is so cool to be here today because this is the Wednesday after Cyber Monday, so we're all full of our deals, and we've got packages either arrived already, which is great, or they're coming in the mail, and now we're settling into the holiday season. So 2019 is almost at an end, which reminds me of another thing we need to tell everybody, Stephen. Steven.
0: Yes, if you have a podcast and we're hoping that you do have a podcast, and let me let me take a moment to sidebar here. If you don't have a podcast and you're thinking about starting your podcast, start it. Get her done. Get going. But anyways, if you have a podcast, we want you to listen back to your show. Just take one episode, listen back to it, and choose one thing. For 2019 that you want to change on your podcast. This could be something related to audio. This could be something related to production. It could be anything. What is one thing that you think your listener would benefit from that you think your listener potentially might hear and go, I'd like to see that change for 2019. Set your goal. Send it to us podcast at betterpodcasting.com. And let me just say, this is the last week that you have to do this. Yes, technically the next episode after this will drop on the Sunday of the deadline, but we want you to please send that in to us this week because I, I will just go ahead and drop the towel, right? I mean, the curtain right now and say that we might possibly have to scrap this idea if you don't send in your ideas to podcast at betterpodcasting.com because we would love to talk about some ideas that everybody has so that you can inspire others. So let us know what is one thing that you have on the table that you'd like to see changed in 2019, listening back to your show. That's podcast at betterpodcasting.com, right, Espy?
1: For example, if you're looking for something, Steven's already done this. He's listened to the, some shows, and he's decided his goal for 2019 is to enunciate better during his shows. So that is an example of one thing to do for your show. Get that into us by 9 December twenty eight. Now, another thing that we do to start our shows, it's called How I Saved My Podcast. And this is a story that we tell or our listeners send them in. And we either tell that through an email or we get a video from our listeners or some audio. But in case we don't, we go out in to the Internet and we reach and we find a How I Could Have Saved My Podcast story. But we are not going to do that today. We're going to do something new. We're reaching into the internet, and we're gonna tell a "How I Saved My Podcast" story. See how we change that up every once in a while. It's a "How I Saved My Podcast" story from the internet, and this is from Reddit. It's from the podcasting subreddit, which Banks Nutty Bits does some moderation for that. Thank you very much, Banks. And the title of this is "Backup, Backup, Backup." No, I'm not talking about backup. But it's talking about backing up data. And this was posted by Palma Plata. On the podcasting sub Reddit. And the text goes as follows: Quote, My worst fear almost turned into my worst nightmare. After a two and a half hour podcast with an actual company rep in the niche of our podcast, the podcast did not save to my MacBook. I record through a UMC 404 with three microphones into Adobe Audition. My son is the co-host. I was already stressing out to have a great show, especially after our guest said how well our shows have been sounding. First of all, the preamp for my SM7B failed. But luckily, I had an extra one. So after our podcast, I do the normal. I save immediately to my Mac and then to my external hard drive. Well, for whatever reason, the show did not save to my Mac. The file did save but none of the sound waves did. It was just blank. I just walked away from my computer with my hands over my head and a knot in my stomach. And then, aha, I looked on my external hard drive and there it was. Back it up, people. Always back it up immediately, unquote. To that, I say, congratulations. You are awesome. You backed it up. I've done this before. Steven, remember when I did those rash of podcasts in Las Vegas? You said with, we weren't going to
0: talk about your rash
1: Well we're not talking about the rash, we're talking about the rash of Pod. Anyway, we did a bunch of podcasts from the network out in Las Vegas, and it was my first time on the road. I had the Zoom H6, and we were recording. and then afterwards, I took the card out and I threw it in my laptop and I saved it to my laptop. Well, along the way, Like months later, some people were asking for the files because I did email to, I actually put it on USB drives and I gave a USB drive to each individual producer so that they could go do their show. Well, to a T, they all lost the fricking USB drives. So now I'm trying to find these files. The SD card that I had used had been rewritten at that time. And that was the last time that I had chosen to rewrite an SD card. I have not since, but I was... Aside myself because I was like, oh, man, this podcast is lost forever. Guess what? It was actually backed up on the laptop and I was able to find it. And miraculously, too, because I had to redo the laptop. So the file saved uh, through that process of having to rewrite the hard drive. You know, I saved the files and then I put them on. And so, yeah, that was the way that that podcast was saved. So, yes, back up your podcast recording. This is always something that we preach.
0: Absolutely. And I recommend if people are going to be using a destructive editor like Audacity, you should go ahead and back up those files before you start editing because Audacity will from time to time cause problems with those source files. And I've seen it happen and it's definitely worth before you start editing. And actually, I'll just go ahead and say if you use any editor, you really should because it can happen with any piece of software if it glitches. So definitely go ahead and back those up before you start working. If you're just copying it to your computer from an SD card, well, then that should, in theory, be a backup. But you never know what's going to happen. So the more backups, the better. My personal recommended backup is to just go ahead and while you're recording your show, phone Stargate Pioneer. Phone him and say, SP,
1: please record this. And I will record it in the cloud in the sky. So you're going to be lucky if you find anything. Absolutely. But let's go ahead
0: and talk about one of SP's favorite things when it's talking about me. Negativity. We often talk about how as a hobby podcaster, it's important that one of your driving factors is that you're having fun. We've talked about a variety of different ways to ensure that you're maximizing said fun. But here's the thing. If you're in the situation, like I said, where you're SP and you have a crummy co-host, from time to time, you're going to have negativity come your way. And here's the thing about that is that variable is just uncontrollable as a podcaster. And the challenge is if you get negativity there is going to be an effect on you. And the reality is, no matter how hard you try, when you put yourself out on the internet, at one point or another, you'll probably make somebody upset somehow, and you are maybe rub them the wrong way. And you'll know that somebody has been upset when they bring that negativity to you. So whether it's through a review, an email, or even just slamming you on social media, Negativity can come when you're doing anything on the internet, and it's important that you digest and process that negativity properly so that you can keep on having fun and keep on podcasting without allowing that negativity to bring you down. So what we're talking about today is, shockingly, negativity.
1: We're going to start by talking about how you process the negative comment. So let's start off with this category that's going to take the majority of our time. And it's obviously how do you process the negativity? This is where we're going to talk about how it is going to affect you. First of all, when that negativity comes in, take a breath and take some time to digest what has just transpired, the comment or the actual voicemail or whatever. Knee-jerk reactions are bad in this particular case. You're going to need to take some time to analyze what you have just observed. Now, some of the benefits for taking the time to digest and observe and analyze are you actually take the time to calm down. Now, your mind and body are actually trained to react to stimuli in a certain way. Negativity can involve the flight or fight reaction in you and cause you to react in the immediacy of danger. Now, taking time to analyzing the comment can remove that flight or fight response and enable you to calmly and rationally respond for the longer term instead. Taking a moment to think also offers a better crafted response. So instead of just firing back a shied or sarcastic response, a thoughtful response instead that will improve and prove to the commenter and everyone else that's reading or listening That you actually care about them and value their opinion and truly want to give them a helpful or a rational response. Now, consider if there's anything of relevance within that negativity. Sometimes the best thing to do is to just start by dissecting the message itself. Now, if it's just yelling or swearing or venting, it's probably not worth putting any thought into. If it's well thought out, on the other hand, if it's polite, there might have some substance to it and if somebody is just a downright troll it's probably not worth wasting your time on if you happen to disagree with the feedback try to objectively consider if maybe something went wrong or if it could have been viewed in the in a different way the way the negative person did uh, sometimes it's hard to admit that things don't always come out right it's not communicated properly or what you have might have said might actually be wrong but if you're struggling to still see their point of view after analyzing it and thinking about it try to pull in a third party for example a podcast friend or a podcast mentor that we've talked about before and sometimes a co-host can actually help in this situation but it's always good in case it's a really tense moment if you can get an objective third party in this particular case, since the co-host might have been involved in crafting the original message that was being criticized.
0: Other points for processing it is to try to read the comment back or, you know, whatever was being say, said and look at the sentences and the phrase to try to understand the meaning of each part of the comment. What is the intention of the negative comment and try to understand what that means. If you review the comment to find the main points, you may be reacting to something you are a little protective of, like a personal statement, rather than a different message which may have been communicated poorly. If you focus on the main point after sort of analyzing it, that might lead you to a better response. It's important that you dissect that message and really understand it so that you can try to focus on that main point and filter through all of that stuff. Generally speaking, you'll probably want to respond to negative comments earlier than later, but sometimes if you take a night or two to think about it, let it really sit, that can help you process it better. Again, avoiding that knee-jerk reaction.
1: If you have already responded to a negative comment in a similar situation before, review how you handled that situation and see if you can apply the good parts of that process to the current situation. Finally. Allow yourself to be confident in your response. It's really easy to take a piece of negative feedback you heard and accept the world as gold. But there's often a drive to please everyone, especially the first time you get negative feedback. So that gold is not necessarily true and your drive to please everyone is not going to work because the reality is that sometimes the negativity just isn't valid or doesn't apply to your show. And it's okay if you disagree with the commenter. And don't feel that you have to give in to everyone because it's not going to happen. It's your show. You know it best. Stick to your guns as long as you've done your research and know what you're talking about. So now that you've taken some time to process the comment, to analyze it, now it's time to take some action and respond. Steven?
0: All right. The first thing that you want to do is decide if it's actually worth responding to, because there are some things that are better left not responded to. It's the whole don't feed the trolls philosophy. If you take a look at a negative person and you see that there are a lot of indicators that maybe like the accounts fake or that they're hiding behind something with little activity that might be an indication that this person just isn't worth responding to. They might have just gone and made an account just so that they could blast you. Or what you know. What what do the cool kids say? Put you on blast? I think that's what the cool kids say. Someone, I don't know. I don't I'm not know. a cool kid. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I heard it through the grapevine. Someone who has a brand new account just might have registered for the simple sake of that. And the brand new account for reviewing or, you know, Putting on a competitor service, they might have a possible ulterior motive because maybe it is something that they are just trying to uh, promote other other podcasts or other competitors. So that's always a possibility with the world of Internet as well. Another indicator of somebody who it might not be worth responding to is someone who's just being downright insulting to you. And it might not even be anything to do with your content. And a good indicator of this is someone who's swearing at you, or maybe they're just commenting on something superficial about you, or just making very inappropriate or offensive comments. Again, this might be something that is not worth responding to, the whole don't feed the trolls. And the other one that I like to say is not always the best to respond to is a repeat offender. Sadly, there are people who are going to repeatedly be negative about something And sometimes they bring that negativity to the source. These people also are probably not worth responding to. I know that Stargate Pioneer has stopped responding to all of the people who are telling him to fire me. They're constantly negative about me. He's realized that the contract says that he's got to keep podcasting with me. Until that contract's up, he's just
1: going to ignore all those people. You can just keep on believing that one, Stephen. However, on the other hand talking about the comments, some things are worth responding to. Some examples are somebody who has addressed the content of your show, who's definitely listened to your show and has something to say about the actual content, or maybe somebody who indicates they want to talk further. Perhaps they disagree with your viewpoint on something, but otherwise are generally being polite. Another example is somebody who has put a lot of thought into their email and It could be a longtime listener who is usually positive, but now is being negative. Uh, Don't you want to know what has flipped them in their viewpoints? And of course, another example is something that you are just outright confused about. You know, maybe you don't just get what happened. Maybe it might be worth investigating a little bit. So you actually want to respond to the comment to find out more. Now that you're going to respond, are you prepared to respond to it? I mean, what if you think that there is. Any validity to the negativity? I mean, how will you handle that? So you might disagree with that person's assessment, or maybe just have different viewpoints. And if there is not any validity, the best way to handle it is to state that it isn't true and why. But you have to be a hundred percent sure sure it isn't true before you respond. So this is I've done a lot of research into this, and if you actually know it to be a hundred percent false and you are 100% true, just call them out on it. But you don't want to be like, oh, you're wrong, and I'm right. You want to say, I'm sorry, we don't have any record of that at all ever happening, or that never happened, and this is what happened instead, or I never said that, I've said this, and it must have been somebody else that you were thinking of that said that, or you must have been thinking of another incident. So you, you have to leave them with a little, you don't want to blame the commenter but they are obviously speaking, could be speaking from actual experience and just confusing where that experience came from. Now, if the comment is out there in public, you're definitely going to feel more inclined to respond. And examples of this are tweets on Twitter, Facebook posts, public comments on your website, et cetera. You need to decide what is the best way to address it. But if somebody is really getting to you, you might need to address that as well. So The negativity, yes, you don't want to feed the troll, but at the same time, you don't want these negative opinions out there that are just not true. So you want to address them.
0: One example I have on that, by the way, is uh, sometimes we get people who do comment on our posts over on guineageek.com or betterpodcasting.com. And I've had in the past some people who are uh, biased one way come over and disagree with something we've said over on this show here, actually, and they go to get geek and they respond and you just see the bias coming through. And I generally go and respond to that. You know, I'm always appreciative of anybody who comes and responds. It's something that I think you should always be appreciative of the fact that somebody has, is responding if they are responding in a fairly civil manner. And so what I do is I, I, I say about my appreciation for that, and then I go and I educate a little bit on why my points are valid, because if someone's coming over to my website, the way I'm looking at it is someone, if they see somebody call me out and me not respond, they might just go, OK, yes, yeah, this guy's full of it. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You just start ignoring. So I always try to put a little further education in my response if it is public on Gun geek.
1: If you're also going to respond, it's often best to look at it from a show perspective, rather than trying to change the commenter's mind or debate the core point. Remember, you are representing your podcast, and it's better to keep it relevant to your show rather than go on to tangents. Of course, this depends on what it is, and sometimes you'll be able to engage in that sort of discussion and sometimes not, but you want to stay on topic with the show and not get into, like, what was it, Johnny Five said, your mama was a snowblower. You you want to get out of, of that sort of stuff. You want to stick to the comments that is on your show. Is there something you need to address on a future episode? This is a good question. You know, after digesting the comment, you may decide that instead of responding to the comment wherever it's at, you need to actually address it on your show. Now, some examples of stuff that you'd want to take back to your show, maybe you've misspoke. Maybe you are not telling the, uh, the truth of what's out there and, and, and maybe you just didn't know. So you want to address that. So you correct yourself and maybe something came across as not as you intended. Maybe you're like saying, okay, I believe that this is going to happen by the end of 2018. And really what you're saying is, I don't think this is what's going to happen until the end of 2019. So you'd want to correct that the next time that you have a podcast, just to make sure your audience isn't confused about, oh, they only have a month to make this happen. No, 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 it's really a year that they have to make this happen. Uh, New information could come to your attention since you said it, and this has happened to us before. Blab's a good example, right? So I was saying, okay, Blab is great for you to get into podcasting, which I think is, it was still true at the time. But Blab doesn't exist anymore. So, no, it's not a great way to get into podcasting because it doesn't exist. So, you'd want to address that on a future episode, and we have many times. And you always want to thank people for their well thought out and relevant feedback. And that will reinforce other people to leave future feedback in that same way. You're setting the rules of engagement for how people will respond. And if you say that on your podcast, then your listeners as a whole will understand that. And, of course, you'd want to clarify, in some cases, why the opposing opinion is incorrect. And once again, you have to make sure this is 100% sure that it is incorrect before you go off. Because if you just think it's not correct and don't have anything to back it up, then your audience will either leave or they'll fry you alive for the next show.
0: Yeah, like here, uh, if I ever say that I'm the decent half of better podcasting. I'm going to make sure the next time to come back and say, no, SP is the only good part of better podcasting. I'm just the measly sidekick. I'll make sure to clarify that in a future episode.
1: I'd appreciate that Steven. It gets back to the contractual obligations that we have to each other. Fair enough. Now this is a great question and one that I put a lot of thought into it as we were coming into this episode. If you're going to respond on your show, Where is the best place to place that response in your next podcast? Now, if you do it up front, you're definitely going to have more people hear it. Now, this can be helpful if it's something that's really bad in a previous episode, but it can also set a negative tone and ruin the flow of your show. So if you're going to do this and you don't do your show live, sometimes it's worth recording your show first and then come back and record that intro with that response in it and then switch around the segments in post-processing and this can help you not get bogged down with that negativity as you're actually recording the rest of your show in your stephen i don't know if you remember this this thing it was called a newspaper i believe do you remember this thing called a newspaper or are you too young for that
0: right it was the thing that my fish and chips came in i remember that
1: And they're really good if you're laying it down, if you're like butchering meat and stuff, it like soaks up all the blood. Yeah, newspaper. Well, newspapers, when they were actually printed, would often post retractions and publish them on the last page. And they would officially check that box of publishing that retraction, but it's not detracting from the rest of the content in there. And some people think that's, that's bad because... You're trying to minimize the fact that you're wrong. And some people are, they don't care. Maybe they agree with you to begin with. But that's generally how newspapers have done it before. It's either on the first page or it's on the last page. And you can do your podcast one of two ways.
0: Another thing while you're digesting all of this and processing it is considering whether or not you're wanting to change something on your show. Now, we won't get too far into this because we've done actually a lot of. Topics on digesting feedback and whatnot. But it's worth mentioning here that when somebody does say something negativity, you might want to consider if there is something that you need to change on your show because of it. An example of this is when we started this show, some people said that we were too video heavy. We've actually talked about that a few times. And if the person that wrote that is still listening, I appreciate it. I still appreciate it to this day. And the reality was that on Apple Podcasts, that piece of feedback, even though it was negative, was valid because at the time we were not as aware of the audio listener because we were having fun doing a video show. So we made some changes after digesting it. So it's an example of some negativity that came our way and it was valid.
1: Finally, a last few tips we're going to go through that we have when dealing with negativity. First of all, try to avoid taking the discussion outside of the channel that it's in. For example, taking a private message to public is encouraging more negativity. When you are in situations that you want to address some things on your show, it might be worth asking permission to mention the person or just omit their name and say, I had some people message me and this is what's happening. So yeah, taking that private message public or on your show, I have been against that for a very long time, unless I've talked to the person and said, Hey, I want to use this on the show. And I'm able to, and definitely in a negative way, there's no, I mean, it's the whole praise in public, punish in private sort of thing. If you're a parent or a supervisor, you know that very well. It's the same thing with negative feedback. You don't want to take the private stuff out public if you don't have to. If somebody is being rude. Don't be rude back to them. Now, snapping back on the internet just encourages this vicious cycle of negativity back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I guarantee you that troll is going to be more energized than you are. So that negativity cycle is going to end with them rather than you. And even if it ends with you, you are berating a listener. So it's not really good for your podcast to do that.
0: One of my favorite tips that we've got in this final section is knowing that it's okay to talk to somebody else about the negativity. We mentioned before, you can get someone's opinion on the matter, but sometimes you don't need the opinion. You just need to talk things out. And if you've got a good podcast buddy, that's someone who you can go ahead and talk about with your feelings. Now, it's tough sometimes to admit that somebody didn't like you, especially to somebody that you can confide in. But if you can be okay with that, it can help you process all of these things that we've talked about because just admitting it, talking to somebody about it, Allowing somebody in on your world that you have had something negative said about you can help you process things a lot better. And finally, the last thing that we want to say is don't let it get to you. Seriously, there's always going to be that one negative person. Don't let it get you down. Be proud of what you're doing with your podcast. And the chances are for that one negative person, there are probably many who are positive about your show. It's important. As a podcaster, especially a hobby podcaster who's doing this for fun, don't let it get to you. You gotta be okay with the fact that somebody does not like you, and sometimes that person will say it privately to you, sometimes they'll blast it on a big name podcast on the internet somewhere that lots of people listen to for industry news. You never know, and you can't let that negativity get to you. SP, any final thoughts?
1: If you listener have any tips and tricks on how to handle, handle negativity, or maybe stories of how you've successfully handled negativity, please let us know. And we'll talk about it in a future episode. I think this is something that the community can really learn from and really benefit from. So please, if you have any experiences, get it into us. You can contact us on Twitter at BetterPod. But more importantly, you probably want to email us podcasts at dot If you can include an audio or video clip, we would really like it. If it's just an actual email, I will read it out on a future episode. We would really appreciate your contributions to this since it is a huge subject, especially to some people that might actually not be ready to be in the quote unquote public eye and might be facing negativity for the first time.
0: Absolutely. But Let's go ahead and move on to the better podcasting download. And I assure you, I assure you that this is royalty free. Welcome
1: to this week's better podcasting download. I just feel the need to correct my co-host right there. Yes, it's royalty-free, but that's not the important part. The important part is the rights behind that royalty-free music. So, yes, we do have the rights to use that royalty-free music in this show. All right, guys. This is a big one. This was an actual article that was published the day that we recorded our last episode and it was on Digital Music News. The title of the article was Universal Music Group files a lawsuit against Poker News for infringing works on podcasts. It was actually written by Daniel Sanchez and posted on November 21st, 2018. So, basically the article goes down if you haven't read it yet and you're listening to the show, you probably should go find it and actually read it because it is an amazing piece of article and it should scare the crap out of you as a podcaster. I will say that the poker news didn't actually follow through with something that they probably should have and we'll get into that in a second to make this possible but the basics of this is that a podcast company was sued for using music And this is a total of 46 copyrighted songs used by the company iBus Media, which is the parent company for Poker News, and requesting up to $150,000 in damages for each infringement. And iBus Media could end up paying well over $6 million for this copyright infringement. But the story doesn't stop there. It is because iBus Media was issued a ceased and desist letter three years ago. It did not follow through. It did not cease and desist. And it continued to either keep the episodes published or publish more. And they're getting sued for $6 million. Now, Stephen, I know you and I, we have $6 million just, you know, buried out back. But I'm thinking our average listener might not have $6 million. I have a ten. I've got a $10 bill. That's all I've got. That's a monopoly. money. that's true. It is. It is monopoly money. Still can't get uh, used to that Canadian money. Can't believe
0: the bank took it today.
1: (laughs) I, I don't think this is the first indication of somebody suing a podcast for copyright music. I'm sure this has actually happened before in that somebody approaches you and say, hey, you're using copyright stuff. You owe us X amount. But this is the first one that I've seen out in the open in a while. And this is just a reminder to everyone, don't use copyrighted music. You know, I see on Reddit all the time, people saying, oh, I have a music podcast and I I play the music all the time and I've never, ever been sued for it or issued a cease and desist. And I just have to scratch my head. I don't, I don't think the music industry has geared up their legal teams to go after podcasts because it's been small fry. Now they know that they can actually at least stop it by making an example of a few podcasters. I don't want to be one of those podcasters.
0: No. And, and that's the thing, Um, especially in the States, there is a lot of, and I mean this is my basic understanding. I'm not a lawyer, but there's a lot of reason for companies to defend their copyright. Like, I think that that's sort of within the legal system. And if you don't, you run the risk of losing those rights, so to speak, right? You know, there can be cases made. So, if all of a sudden the podcast industry is picking up and now the uh, music industry is going, well, we got to make sure that we make our stance here so that we don't potentially get ourselves into that legal trouble. They're probably going to start doing that, right? The You know, you saw that with music downloading. Yes, they went and they picked the big people, but they also picked some small people to make this sta- the statement as well. A lot of people had things shoved against them, thrown against them, lawsuits because of the fact that they were the music industry was needing to assert their authority and their rights to the music. So, you, you know, that podcasting is picking up. I could totally see the industry going and doing this. And I think it's just worth considering that there's going to be a time where that's more enforced. You see it on YouTube all the time. YouTube has the content detection system. You upload a piece of music, it knows because of the fact that YouTube needs to avoid hosting the music for legal reasons. And if there's legal reasons involved, then you're probably going to start to see that happen elsewhere. And if all of a sudden, random company podcast company comes out and says, well, we need to protect ourselves because we're possibly in legal trouble. Let's go ahead and start this algorithm algorithm that's going to go and do content ID. Like, just just throw it out there and say that, for example, maybe Libsyn goes and invests in that. And I'm not saying that they are. I'm just using them as an example. Libsyn would have every right to go and invest in something like YouTube has for content ID and it probably would be beneficial to them. Well, now you have that back catalog that could potentially get pulled down too. So it's worth considering the legal aspect, but also the potential that you could lose a whole bunch of stuff because you don't legally own it if all of a sudden the industry changes and they go and they do that. So I think it's really, really risky to continue doing that. One piece of advice that I have is that however you do have the rights, try to make an easy to find folder where you can keep that those rights stored, whether it is a copy of your invoice with the proper rights agreement that came with your invoice, or if you are downloading it from a royalty-free site that specifically says that and says what it is, save a PDF of that. Um, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how well that would hold up, but at the end of the day, if you're being sued, don't you want to have some form of evidence that you followed the rules or at least be able to pass it along or have your lawyer pass it along? <laughs>
1: You definitely want to keep a hold of that. It's interesting that you mentioned Libsyn and uh, the content identification system, which I have no idea if they're working on or not. However, I do like I know said that, that was Lip-
0: my speculation. I want to clarify that right now, so they don't have to get a bunch of negative feedback and, and address this on the future. That was my one hundred percent Steven made up example.
1: Right. Well, I just wanted to clarify and say I do know that Libsyn, as are a bunch of the other podcast media host providers. They are actual Digital Millennium Copyright Act takedown uh, hubs so that if somebody identifies your podcast as having something in it that is copyrighted, they don't have to go to you. They will go to your media host and say, that episode has to come down and they take it down. That's their agreement with the DMCA. They just take it down and then they notify the DMCA that it's been taken down and then they contact you and say, we took it down. And there might, if I'm remembering correctly, there might or might not be a reason associated with that, that they give you. But ultimately you can find out what the reason is. And maybe possibly you might be able to reload, upload a version of your show without that copyrighted material in it. And maybe you're going to be sued for the use of that because the whole music industry and music rights is so way different from podcasting. And it's, or from radio, it's just unbelievable. They consider every single use a broadcast worldwide, which is just a lot of money, basically. It's not basically, like, if you have a show that has 30 downloads, they don't care. They're like, your show is available to everyone. So, yeah, we're going to charge you this amount for it. And then it's lawyers involved saying what you actually involve, what you owe or don't owe. And then you have to pay a lawyer. You're not going to get those feeds back because you have infringed on that copyright. Yes, you can use the fair use and try if, Like if you do have a music podcast and you're talking about it, or maybe you're talking about a TV show and you use a clip or something like that, you can say, yeah, I'm using this fair use uh, uh, defense, but that's still lawyers and you still might not win. It depends on what they consider to be actual use or not. The bottom line is that there has been a lawsuit and the lawsuit is for $6 million. At least the article mentions that more major labels other than UMG might actually now join the suit and poker news and iBus media is at the brunt of all this. Will they end up owing all that money? I maybe, I I think they'll settle for a lot less. I think they're definitely going to use this as an example. Stephen. You made a mention of Napster and examples. I remember a case, and I don't have any specifics, but I remember a case where this grandmother was sued like $15,000 per song that her grandson had actually gone back and forth, but they didn't know it was the grandson, so they used her IP address, which was her computer, which the grandson was using for this, and they made her an example. It was an absurd thing that made the news, but that's just an example of what music companies ultimately have done in the past.
0: I just hope that in this list of music that's being used, I just hope that at least in one instance, it is Lady Gaga's Poker Face. I just, I, I think it would be so timely.
1: Maybe it is. We don't know what music, we don't know the 46 copyrighted songs. Although uh, the poker site has used in the, in the past Kanye West's Touch the Sky, and I know that's very important to you. It
0: is. It absolutely is. So if you have had copyrighted music... No, we're not going to call you out on this. I just thought it would be a fun segue. But let's go ahead and do Better Podback a little bit different this week. For those of you who have not checked out the show before, we like to do a section of our show called Better Podback, where we go ahead and we say the word podback as much as possible so that people who do not like when you take the word pod and you shove it into other words, get really frustrated. That's what we do. Then we encourage that negativity to be sent to us, right? No.
1: Uh, What? I like the term pod nap, and we've never talked about the pod nap before. That is when your co-host either takes a nap or passes out during your podcast. I, I think I would like a pod nap right now, actually.
2: That's
0: fair. Uh, But no, we do this segment called better pod back where we take some of the feedback from our podcast over the last week. See pod back and we put it together and we talk about it on here so that you can sort of hear what people are talking about. It sometimes inspires different podcast related points and maybe it might help you out with something. Well, today, we're going to do things a little bit different, and we're going to make room in the old document behind the scenes that we use to do this regularly in Better Podback. And we're going to today only talk about stuff that came out of our Discord channel at gunnageek.com slash Discord. Again, the link will be in the document. So that's gunnageek.com slash Discord. And we want to talk about some of the stuff that's been happening over in the hashtag better podcasting channel on the Gunna Geek Discord. So let's start off here with something that came from Damien from which podcast? Aurelia Pod. And he gave everyone this week a heads up on a Black Friday deal that came from Waves. Damien said on Thursday... For those that have... And by the way, that was Thursday before Black Friday. For those that haven't seen, there is a free Sibilance plugin from Waves. And then he gave a link. Now, I want to say, I downloaded this. Well, I got the rights to it because I haven't actually downloaded it yet. And I hope my link still works. But I didn't hear about this. So it's a great example on how better podcasting members were helping people out. Uh, so a free plugin from Waves. How cool is that? Waves, if, for those of you who are not familiar makes a lot of plugins I've got several of them and overall they work well until they force you to upgrade to version 10 but I'll leave that negativity in the discord channel.
1: (laughs) Joshua Liston was asking if anybody was having issues with their RE320 pop pop filter which is actually the pop filter that I'm using on my RE320 right now. He said to any electro voice RE20, RE320, RE27ND users in the group That also purchased the BSW Repop pop filter. Do you need to get a slightly longer screw for it to fit around the microphone body correctly? I fiddled and fiddled and can't seem to get mine close. It's like five millimeters too small to latch properly. Still fits tight on the mic as it is, but I would prefer to close it properly if I can. The thing cost me a fortune to get in Australia. Thanks in advance. Yeah, Josh, we went back and forth on that. It was an interesting conversation. I have used as longtime listeners of Better Podcast. You know, I've used the same style of pop filter, not this very one, but I purchased another one. I used it on my Rode Procaster. And the Rode Procaster body is a little bit more of a diameter. So its circumference is bigger. And so the pop filter will work, but you do need a larger screw on the Rode Procaster. But that's not what he's was talking about. He was talking about an actual electro voice microphone and the pop filter wasn't fitting over it. He suspects that the screw that was sent was actually a screw that was meant for a similar device on a High PR 40, which BSW also sells. And I would probably concur with him because my screw on the pop filter right now has about five millimeters outside of it. And I've used two of these. So I know that it, it fits snugly on the RE320, but it fits and that screw definitely works. So I'm thinking he just had a little bit of a small screw. The advice for these, if that's the case, is get a larger screw and then try to actually fit it on. And maybe it comes in a canister that's actually a repop filter. So I don't think that he got a PR40 filter, but I guess anything's possible. So yeah, that was something that was back and forth that listeners could actually chime in or other members of the server could chime in and give a little tech support. And Josh said, thank you very much.
0: Two things on that. Number one, uh, quite incredible how many differences seem to be discussed in there. There is a lot of people who are talking about the differences with that screw. So uh, is it because people are forcing it on? That was a theory in there, but definitely worth knowing. Number two, if you want Stargate Pioneer to measure his pop filter screw so you can compare it to yours, make sure you let him know because maybe, maybe, maybe they did send you wrong. And I'll go ahead and volunteer SP right now to... To measure his pop filter screw.
1: No, I don't have a ruler with me right now, but I'll do <sighs> that and I'll give the results in the Discord server. How Absolutely. about
0: that? Awesome. We also had Zachary Webb. And I think we actually had uh, another person, I'm sorry, I think it was Damien, uh, comment on this as well that the better podcasting links are finally clickable on a couple of apps. That's right. Zachary Webb had said that it was on Firefox Reader. And we also had another popular client on Android that I don't remember, I'm sorry, that I'm pretty sure was Damien saying the same thing. Now, this is the resolve of something over the last couple of weeks in the Discord server. A couple of weeks ago, I had somebody bring up that in one of their apps, and I, I think it was Damien. It might have been Zachary. It was the two of them were so helpful in this. Ended up saying that they couldn't click on the links in, the, in there. Now, what I discovered was that the client that I use, the podcast reader that I use takes links and automatically makes them clickable. Well, I haven't been for a while now, apparently hyperlinking in the actual box within our Libsyn content box, the links that I have. So for those clients that are reading the podcast, those downloaders that don't have that built in auto parsing, what ends up happening is they just are are links that you just see. And you'd have to manually select that text, copy, and paste it in. So I thought, okay, well, let's just try this. And that's what it, the resolve was, was I went and I hyperlinked them in the Libsyn box. And there was a fun follow-up conversation that happened on that and, and RSS bloat and all that. But I'll leave that for the Discord to, again, try to get you in there. So thank you to everybody who did mention. And again, uh, it was Zachary, and I believe it was Damian as well. I, I um i don't remember the other client i really wish that i do the the podcast downloader so there you go i'll have to do better research next time
1: (laughs) and then jeremy from the transmissions podcast asked for some advice on a couple of panels he's going to be presenting at wizard world in madison wisconsin december 1st and 2nd i believe in 2018 so that's this upcoming weekend if this podcast comes out on sunday it's december 2nd so you're listening to this after the panel But if you're catching the live show, maybe you've caught it before. And if you're in the Madison, Wisconsin area, happen to be at Wizard World, go check out Jeremy's panels. He's doing one on podcasting and he's doing one on his show, The Transformers, I believe. So the quote from the Discord was, I'm presenting a panel on podcasting at Wizard World Madison this weekend and I'm finishing up my presentation. What are the hosts that you recommend? And a bunch of people, including Steven and I, said Lipson and Podbean.
0: Podcast addict. Podcast addict was the one that Damien was talking about. I found it. I found it.
1: (laughs) You knew he was going to take that time to look that up. So, yes. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for your interactions on the Better Podcasting channel in the GunnaGeek.com Discord. And if you want to join in the chat, we have a lot of fun every day over there. Go to GunnaGeek.com slash Discord.
0: And if you're into other general stuff, know that there's other channels on there. Yes, we do have stuff that talks about our wonderful geeky shows, but we even have like a smart home channel. So if you're just into smart home stuff, we've got that. We have a whole bunch of fun happening over on gunnageek.com slash discord. So just because you're like, you know, what, I can't take more podcast chat doesn't mean that there is not more stuff for you to talk about over on gunnageek.com slash discord.
1: You know what I was listening to in the gym tonight? I was listening to Dad.io episode eight. So this is before they joined the network, but they were talking about automated cars. It was a really fun episode.
0: Awesome. And if you want to check out Dad.io, you can do that at gunnageeknetwork.com along with a bunch of other amazing geeky podcasts. But that is going to take us to the end of the show. Before we wrap up, I want to remind you, do it now. Send us your one thing that you want to change for 2019. Do it now. This is basically the last week. Let's say it. This is the last week. If You don't get it in this week. If we don't do the episode, it's personally your fault. I'm going to hold you accountable. Personally, your fault. So go ahead and send that in to us. And then we'll have far too many. And then we'll have to make it a multi-episode
1: situation. That's fine by me as long as we get to actually record it. So, yes, thank you, everybody, for listening and commenting. We really appreciate it. And, yes, get your one thing in for 2019. We're looking forward to those uh, aspects of your podcast that you wish to make better. And that's what Better Podcasting is all about.
0: Awesome. So for episode 158 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, hey, if you didn't come into the live situation, you didn't see my internet dropout.
1: And I'm SP saying, really looking forward to the gear podcast at the end of this year. See you guys later. Bye.
0: I forgot to feed my internet gerbils.
2: Thank you for listening to another episode of Better Podcasting. We want to hear from you. You can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. If you like the show, please consider giving us a five-star review in iTunes. We encourage you to check out all of the other geeky podcasts available at gunnageeknetwork.com. This has been a Gunna Geek production. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week.